Well, greetings, friends and listeners. This is me, Jamie, acting more as Father Jamie on this special episode in which I'm going to read out my Midnight Mass sermon. I just wanted to share something that might edify and hopefully encourage our listeners. Uh, so this is pretty much the sermon as, as I'm going to deliver it. I'm actually recording this on Christmas Eve and I'm about to do this in a, in a few hours time. The readings are from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 1 to 7 and the Gospel of Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 14 and I'm particularly focused on the beginning of that passage in Isaiah uh, which says the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. So this is the sermon and I'm really looking forward to getting back to the, the the podcast proper very soon. And so now may I speak in the name of God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. We meet in darkness this evening and this is only fitting. At this time of year, unless you are a late riser, we awake in darkness and before the day is very long, the darkness has once again descended upon us. The leaves have fallen upon the ground, the trees are bare and a grey blanket of shroud lies heavily upon us. Life is often filled with pain and heaviness and we feel this especially at this time of the calendar and liturgical year. And we're not so much different from those who have gone before us. Consider our Old Testament reading. The people of Judah, the nation to whom Isaiah was prophesying, oppressed by the nation of Assyria, a nation far mightier than they, a nation the power of which threatened their very existence. These were a people who walked in darkness, a people who lived in a land of deep shadow. We see in our Gospel reading another hard situation. A young man and a heavily pregnant woman, a girl really, almost a child, ordered to go to a town called Bethlehem to register there. And who was giving the orders? Caesar Augustus, whilst a man called Quirinius was governing the region, not very Jewish names. The point being, of course, that God's people, some seven centuries after the prophecy of Isaiah was given, were once again oppressed, only this time by the Romans, a new worldwide superpower. Imagine how Joseph felt. His betrothed had fallen pregnant without his doing anything, and he had seen an angel who had told him not to fear, because what was conceived in her womb was from the Holy Spirit. Perhaps he felt a fool sometimes, that all of this was something of a dream. And how did Mary feel as they laboured towards Bethlehem? Was it cold? Was the road hard? Did her back hurt? Were her feet inflamed? Was it dangerous? Was she afraid? It must have been extremely frustrating to go all that way just because the Romans said so. It must have been hard to treasure up all the things they had seen and heard in their hearts and not to let them go, not to let the darkness overwhelm them. And we too, as humanity, walk in darkness more generally. We walk in the darkness of sin and death. We too have resorted often, when faced with the darkness of death, to the weapons of the world. More war, more violence, more control, more power bigger armies, bigger guns. We too have often resorted, when faced with the darkness of human sin, 
to the solutions brought about by technology and scientific speculation, psychological manipulation, corporal punishment, oppression and dictatorship. But it's always the same story, inevitably so. We try to roll back the darkness, but we can't ever do so as much as we might wish. It continues to press down upon us. There isn't enough light in this world to drive it away. And as far as the secular world we live in is concerned, that's it. We have to save ourselves because nothing else will. All is entropy. We will all be obliterated in the heat death of the universe before too long, so let's make the best fist of it we can. There are no gods who can help us, no god to save us. We are alone on this tiny planet, in this vast universe of mostly empty space, a brief flicker of light in infinite darkness, which burns for a moment and then is gone. Brian Greene, who is an atheist professor of maths and physics, says on this issue, There is no final purpose, no ultimate meaning. We are the product of grand processes from the Big Bang. Against astounding odds, we are here. We should have gratitude for the fleeting time that we have on this timeline. Is that how it is? It is interesting to note that he can't help but say that we should have gratitude for our meaningless existence. Rather raises the question, doesn't it, of to whom exactly we should be grateful But how does the story I've been telling end? Or at least, how does it go on? The people of Judah are desperate, looking for some kind of salvation in the face of ultimate destruction. And what did the Lord provide for them? Was it a military leader? Was it a vast army with superior technology? Thousands of mighty men who would overthrow their enemies by war? An Alexander? A Charlemagne? A Napoleon? No. For there is a child born to us. A son who is given. A child. A son. What has that got to do with anything? How is a baby going to help anyone? After Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem, some shepherds, ordinary folk, were watching their sheep by night in the deep darkness. And suddenly an angel appeared to them, announcing that a saviour had been born. What kind of saviour was this? Christ the Lord, nothing less. And what would the sign be then? Something amazing, probably. Something that would get the attention of the whole world. But no, it was just a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger that was used for the animals. It's hard to think of anything humbler. It's hard to think of anything more surprising. If you imagine a young mother on the 30th floor of a high-rise council flat in Sheffield, maybe we might get some idea. That is where the Christ is going to come from? They surely wouldn't have believed it if the heavenly host of angels had not appeared and sang out God's praises while the glory of the Lord shone around them with blazing light. Yes, this was the one who seven centuries before had been foretold. I spoke earlier of the darkness of oppression. Perhaps the majority of human beings who have ever lived have suffered under the darkness of some kind of political or totalitarian oppression. And yet, here is one, born as a baby in a manger, to a poor couple whose dominion would outlast them all. The message is clear. Assyria is not forever. Rome is not forever. The Holy Roman Empire is not forever. And the Western world that we live in now 
is not forever. Jesus Christ will be called Eternal Father because his kingdom and only his kingdom will endure. I spoke earlier of the darkness of death, that which we cannot escape but which we, which we must all face through the violence of war or the frailty of our own nature. Here was a baby born into this world of decay and tears and yet this baby, after he had grown to be a man, would die but would rise again and so defeat that ancient enemy, death. And so he would rightly be called Mighty God because only God has the might to overcome death. I spoke earlier of the darkness of sin, that we are cut off from one another because of our wrongdoing. Worse, that we are cut off from God because we have sought to live our lives without him. Jesus Christ would be called Prince of Peace because he would make peace not first by slaying thousands in war, but by giving his life as a sacrifice, climaxing in his death on the cross as he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, all so that he could make peace. And there is another name that Christ is called in our passage, Wonderful Counselor, one who would bring to us God's wisdom. But see what kind of wisdom God brings. Babies, children, poor folk, shepherds. He comes to these sorts of people. He makes these sorts of people vessels of his grace. He uses these sorts of people to achieve his purposes in the world. Not the powerful, not the rich, not the mighty, not the well thought of. These types of people. Are you humble folk? Are you ordinary? Has no one ever heard your name aside from a handful of people? Good. For it is to the humble, the oppressed, the broken, the needy that God sent his son into the world. God's ways are not our ways. His light begins as a mere flicker in the deep darkness, a mere seed sown in obscurity. And yet that light burns like an everlasting fire. That seed grows into a mighty oak. God uses the humble and forgotten things of the world. And this is proven in the greatest example of his son. Born in the bed of an animal to a young, weary and beleaguered couple. Whilst the world slept. And so in the midst of this deep winter. At the end of this hard year. Whatever darkness you face. Whatever oppresses you at this time. Know that there is a light that can never be snuffed out. Know that this light came into the world in the midst of its darkness. In the midst of the world's despair and gave hope to men. And know that the darkness will never overcome it. And so rejoice this Christmas tide, for God is with us. Hear, all ye people, even to the uttermost ends of the earth. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people that dwell in the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hear, all ye people, even to the uttermost ends of the earth, God is with us. Christ 
is born. Amen. And a very happy Christmas to you, all our dear listeners, and we look forward to being back with you soon.